Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the fall! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Wednesday, January 17. The Montreal Canadiens go into Jersey and beat the New Jersey Devils. That's right. They beat the New Jersey Devils. Two games and two nights for the Montreal Canadiens tonight in Jersey. Tomorrow night, they're going to be in Ottawa. It'll actually be three and four on Saturday night. They're going to be in Boston. This is the way you want to start a road trip with a big, big win. There was a blown lead at one point, but who cares? That's what happens with teams that are rebuilding. Every now and then, they're going to let a two-goal lead evaporate for the 10th time this season. But the character is when you're able to bounce back, get that next goal, and get the win. And the good news, even better news, is when it's your goal scorer, the guy that you want scoring the big goals, because the more he scores, the more confidence he gets, the more confidence he gets, the more he's going to end up scoring, the better he's going to end up playing, the better he's going to feel about himself. At one point, he was not on a very good pace. I'm talking about Cole Caulfield. But Caulfield, in his last four games, now has three goals, three assists. And are you ready for the stat of the night? Guess where Cole Caulfield ranks in terms of game-winning goals in the National Hockey League thus far this season after everything, everything we said and we heard about him. He's slumping, he's this, he's that, he's streaky. Third, third in the National Hockey League for game-winning goals for Cole Caulfield. That's good news for him. Other good news, good news for Joshua Roy. He scores his first National Hockey League goal. Good news for Sean Monahan, whether he's staying with the Montreal Canadiens or they're going to trade him. It's good news because Sean Monaghan had a great game tonight, picking up two assists. Other good news, Samuel Montembeau continues to impress. He who signed a uh, contract extension, a three-year, $3.15 million per season. Boy, oh boy, is that looking like a bargain of a contract right now. Montembeau doing what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks, especially he's winning hockey games. He's winning hockey games. Your first pick overall in the draft, Yuri Slavkowski, how's he doing? In the battle of Yuri Slavkowski versus Simon Nemec tonight, the two Slovaks who went 1-2 in the draft a couple of years ago. Slavkowski scores early on in the hockey game on assist by Cole Caulfield. And by the way, the sign of a good player, what you want on your hockey team is a player who picks up as many points on the road as he does at home, and that is Yuri Slavkowski. It is the Sick Podcast. I am Tony Marinaro. I'm Tony Marinaro. I am Tony 
Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. That's where I get my energy from, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. We're talking transport here. They are driven to be different. Also, by these guys right here, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. I'm talking to you about La Bitte TB, who offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitte TB, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Playground. Discover a world of luxury at Playground. Explore their new 30,000 square foot expansion with thrilling games, gourmet dining, and live entertainment located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground. Playground experience the strip without the trip. And of course, also brought to you by Accent Insurance Solutions. You know, all insurance isn't created equal. I've been telling you that. You know where to find the right solution for you? Accent insurance accent doesn't sell insurance they shop insurance for you to find the right product right on the money whatever your insurance needs home automobile or business it's funny when i see accent's phone number i always think of my buddy sergio momeso because their number is 514-363-3636 craig button tsn's director of scouting should be joining us any minute now i'm waiting for him to log on And we will get to Craig. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. The last time I spoke with him was before the World Junior Tournament, of course, which took place in Sweden. He made his way there. And when I asked him prior to leaving, I said, Craig, who do you like in this tournament? He said, Tony, I like Sweden and USA. Ultimately, I like USA. And I said, who do you think is going to be the player of the tournament? And he said, I think it could be Cutter Gautier of uh, Team USA, who in the end was not the player of the tournament. The player of the tournament was um, was uh, a, a Swede who scores a lot of goals. A great draft pick, by the way, by the Vancouver Canucks, who I believe ended up getting him at 15 overall in the draft year. A lot of people were saying, this guy is probably the best pure goal scorer in the draft. They were saying that. And um, you know what? For whatever reason, he ended up sliding to 15th overall. And of course, I'm talking to you about Jonathan LaCarrie Mackey. He was voted the MVP of the World Junior Championships. He scored seven goals in seven games for Sweden. And once again, he went 15th overall in the 2022 NHL entry draft. He was picked up by the Vancouver Canucks. But Cutter Gauthier was on the uh, all-tournament all-star team, as was Montreal Canadiens prospect Lane Hudson. There's so much to talk to you about. Without further ado, TSN analyst and director of scouting, Craig Button. How are you? I am good. Sorry, I was having a little trouble signing in here, so I Don't apologize. Worry about it. Don't be sorry. Well, I, do wor- I, I do worry about it, though, Tony. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to leave yeah. anybody waiting, especially yeah. you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, nice game for the Habs tonight. How about Joshua Wah getting his first NHL goal? That was nice. Yeah. That was very nice. I have to tell you, uh, it seems like every night we talk about. Should the Montreal Canadiens hold on to Sean Monaghan? When they acquired him from the Calgary Flames, the plan, the original plan, which this has turned out to be uh, a duo of uh, of Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes that usually sticks to their plan and do not deviate from their plan. The plan was we go out, we get Sean Monaghan. He's got one year left on his deal. They also picked up a first-round draft pick for Monaghan, the reason being Calgary wanted to part their uh, part ways with the contract 
And the plan was, you know, the Canadians will trade him at the deadline. But unfortunately for Monaghan, he goes down with an injury at the 25-game mark. He had picked up 17 points during that span. The Canadians sat down with him at the end of the season. They said, listen, you're not going to get the four- or five-year deal from any team because you were hurt, and you've been hurt for the last couple of years. You did well with us. You liked us. We liked you. Why don't we give her one more crack? Um, you know, you're healthy now. Sign a deal with us. They signed them for under $2 million. And uh, if you do well, you know what? At the deadline, we're going to try and accomplish what we tried to accomplish before. And who knows? You know what? Maybe there could be a change of heart. Maybe we make you an offer ourselves. And that's where we're at right now. And, you know, Sean Monaghan plays a great game. He picks up two assists. He gets the assist on the Joshua Roy goal. He gets the assist on Cole Caulfield's game-winning goal. And now we're saying, okay, the original plan was to trade him. But then again... You take a look at so many teams in the National Hockey League that went through a rebuild who did not have enough veterans in their lineup to show the kids the way they're paying the price. Jacques Martin, a couple of days ago, said, I wish we had more veterans on this team. I love, I have Claude Giroux, and he's doing a great job. I just wish we had more. Your thoughts? I, I couldn't agree with Jacques more. And, you know, Sean Monaghan played his uh, junior hockey with the Ottawa 67s. Maybe that's a player that the Ottawa 67s will be looking to sign in the summer. In the summer. I think for the Montreal Canadiens right now, it's about what, what, what's the return? You know, the Montreal Canadiens are, are, are on pace to have a better than 500 record. I, I we, We've already talked about it, Tony, what a significant progression that would be for the organization from last year to this year. They're young players. I, I may have told you this story, and uh, but 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 I think it bears repeating. I, I was in Calgary as the manager in 2001, and uh, Lou Lamarillo was with New Jersey, and he phoned me. We had Tommy Abilene, a, a really good veteran defenseman and, and just a quality person, coaching Switzerland now at the World Junior Tournament the last number of years. Lou phoned me and he asked me about would I would I trade would I you know would I be interested in trading Tommy Abilene. And, uh, you, you know, I, I basically told Lou, I said, listen, unless there's something really significant coming my way, there's just no way I'm going to do that. Uh, you know, Lou was great. He always he always is. Uh, so he goes, tell me what your thinking is. I said, we have Tony Ludman. We have Denny Gauthier. We have Derek Morris. And we have Robin Regeer. I said, I have four young defensemen. I believe we had 17 games left the rest of the year. I said, that's 68 games total. When you multiply 17 times four, Tommy is so instrumental to our young group and what we're trying to grow here. He goes, we want to take this team and, and help it be better. And I think these 17 games with more experience, and Lou says to me, he goes, okay, I can accept that. That's fair. He goes, if something changes, let me know. I went and talked to Tommy. I let Tommy know because he'd won a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils in 1995. So, and, and, and actually Tommy's wife's sister was living in New Jersey. I went to Tommy. I told him what I was thinking and told him what I told Lou. And I said, if you change your mind or you'd like to, let me know. I said, I'll work something out here for you, even though I want to, here's my rationale. He goes, nope, Greg, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to help those young defensemen. We're very happy here. I don't, I like, you know, unless it's something that you think helps the team, he goes, I'm happy to stay here. And I think that's where Montreal finds themselves with Sean Monaghan. You know, you don't want to limp into your last 20 games or so, and 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 then the proverbial throw the young kids into the deep end. I don't think that that helps you grow because next year is another opportunity for Montreal to take steps forward. I hear you. Why don't we do this? Why don't we bring up the lineup for both teams in tonight's hockey game? Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana at Master Control. Why don't you do that for me right now? 
All right, so there you have it. The Montreal Canadiens, Suzuki centering Slavkovsky on his right and Caulfield on his left. And, of course, we've seen this now for about a month, both wingers playing the off wing. Evans centering Gallagher on his right and Rafael Arvi-Pinar on the left. Sean Monaghan with Armia on the right and Joshua Roy on the left. Stevens centers your fourth line with Yulanen on the right and Pizet on the left. Gouli Matheson, Struble Savard, Harris Barron, and Montembeau. As per what you're seeing right now, it looks like Gouli is on the left side of the fence, but Gouli was on the right side of the fence tonight, which is extremely interesting. We're going to talk about it. He had some struggles. It's only normal. There's a couple of left-handed defensemen on this Canadiens team who have played right defense in the last month. Gouli tonight is one, and Jordan Harris is another uh, when he was playing, uh, of course, with... Uh, uh, with Struble. Struble left. Harris also left, but he was playing right. And tonight, Harris was playing back at left because, of course, Barron was in the lineup and they had him paired with him. And Barron is a right handed defenseman. On to the New Jersey Devils lineup very quickly, if we can. He's here with Bratt and Toffoli, McLeod with Mercer and Meyer, Lazar with Bastion and Halla, Tierney with Holtz and Wilman. Man, do I love Holtz. Marino, Nemich, Hughes, Miller, Ball and Foot, and Dawes for his third straight game in goal. I know we want to talk Montreal Canadiens, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say a quick word on what I saw from the New Jersey Devils. A lot of focus, of course, on Simon Nemich, who was drafted second overall, Craig, and Luke Hughes a couple of years ago, who was drafted fourth overall. Craig, Luke Hughes blew me away tonight. He's unbelievable. He is, and, and you know, on the broadcast tonight, watching it, they they talked about, uh, you know, the New Jersey Devils losing Ryan Graves to free agency, and uh, and trading Damon Severson, who ultimately signed a contract uh, with the uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. The reason they weren't too worried about losing those two guys is because of uh, forty three and seventeen. <laughs> that now I know Dougie Hamilton's hurt right now. I know Siegenthaler's yeah. hurt right now. But the idea is is that they were going to get cheaper and they were going to get better. Listen, Luke Hughes and Shimon Nimich are are, are going to be real top notch players. They're already playing twenty minutes a, a night for the New Jersey Devils. So the New Jersey Devils moving forward in that regard. You know, they looked at it and said, hey, this is, we got good young players. Now, keep in mind, Simon Nemich is the second overall pick, and Luke Hughes is the, was the fourth overall pick. Was he, yeah, fourth overall, I believe, right? Yeah. So he was fourth. So, you know, you got two high drop picks on the blue line, and, and that sets you up really. Yep. Owen Power, if I can, Matty Berniers, Mason McTavish, Luke Hughes. Yeah, so you're set up on the blue line, and Luke Hughes is, is a stud. Shimon Nemich is a stud, and they're only going to get better with the playing time. And coaches are going to play the players that they think can 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 handle the, the challenges. And and Shimon Nemich has, has done that since he uh, came into the lineup. Luke Hughes last year in the playoffs hasn't taken a step back. You, you talked about Caden Gooley earlier. There's going to be growing pains, or always is for young players, but that's a really good blue line. And I, I really believe that. You know, th this team has struggled. Uh, I mean, injuries are part of it, but the goaltending isn't good enough. The goaltending isn't good enough. And I think that that's an air area that has held the uh, New Jersey Devils back this year. I think it's an area uh, that, that, that's something that, that was there an opportunity to improve it in the summer? I mean, we can look at it and say yes, but I think that's an area that Tom Fitzgerald clearly has to upgrade. He has to get – because I think, that you know, Jack Hughes comes back in the lineup, Dougie Hamilton, Siegenthaler. That's a good team. 
And I think goaltending is subpar. It's subpar. And, you know, they, they, they want, they, they said they were going to start the year, you know, with Akira Schmid. And then they had, uh, uh, Vanacek, not good enough. Now, now Nico Dawes is up there. Yeah. Their problem is goaltending. So that, that that's where they got to address it. They don't have problems on the blue line. They don't have problems up front with their skill. They have problems in the net. You talked about Jack Hughes up front. You talked about Dougie Hamilton on the back end. Of course, they are out. Let's take a look at the injuries for the New Jersey Devils. This was uh, a team that was decimated by some injuries. There you have it. Dougie Hamilton, Thomas Nolshek, Jonas Segantler, uh, Andre Palat, Jack Hughes, and Brendan Smith. So some significant injuries for them. But at the same time, hey, some significant injuries for the Montreal Canadiens as well. Kirby oh, yeah. Dock, Alex Newhook. Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak and Tanner Pearson. So both teams were a little beat up. Both teams were decimated. Obviously, Jack Hughes is the big name that's missing in this hockey game tonight. But credit to the Montreal Canadiens, Craig. They just they part of me is upset, okay, because I have I have a feeling that they're just going to be in that famous no man's land when all is said and done. Right, the eighty two games and the eighty two points. But those who make a living in hockey and not doing podcasts like myself will tell you that it's important to build a winning culture and so that guys get better as the season goes on. They get better every year. The, 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 the team plays better every year. They start to be involved in more competitive games. They play more competitive games later on in the season. What's your school of thought on that? I would imagine being a former hockey executive yourself, you probably have that same one, but is there a, is there a no man's land or is it a good thing to actually be in what I call no man's land, but NHL executives would call, you know what, improving, getting better, knocking on the door. Yeah, well, we say no man's land, but you, you, everybody gets excited about being able to draft high and getting good young players in the lineup. Well, then that's great. It's great to to, to have that opportunity. Then you got to you got to develop them, and development isn't this just them being able to uh, grow and, and and mature as as NHL players. It's also the environment around them. I mean, let's go back to Jacques Martin. Jacques Martin, who's had a lot of success in his career, is talking about the Ottawa Senators. All those young players, and they have a ton of good young players. What success have they had? They might have a 30-point drop-off from last year. They had 86 points last year. They might be lucky to get to 56 points this year. That, like, that's not good for young players. I know when we were in Dallas – and Bob Gainey was our manager, and we made the trade for Joe Newendike. And it was Jerome McGinley, and we knew Jerome was a was a real top-notch prospect. Did we think that he would score 600 goals and be a superstar? No, but we knew that we had a really good player there. And Bob made this point. He goes, we have lots of young players here. We have Madonna, we have Hatcher, we have Mafichuk, we have Lagenbrunner, we have Lettner, we have lots of really good young players. And he goes, we can't just keep going along the path of good young players. We need to bring in some mature players, some good players that can help these players along. That that was the essence of the Joe Newendike trade. We knew we needed another center to play behind Mike McDonald because Mike was well, Mike was the prize. He was the first yeah. overall pick, and 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 that's and that was the thinking was. And, and, and then, of course, we added some other players. We, I mean, Guy Carbonell, Craig Ludwig came into our group. We signed Patty Verbeek. You know, we signed Dave Reed. You know, we had some really good traded for Keane and Scroodland. You know, we ended up having some, but we had lots of good young players. If you think you're going to just keep putting these young players out there and, and they're going to help you win, you're wrong. You're wrong. They're, they're, they need guidance. They need help. I mean, I don't, do, do you have a dog? 
Uh, I do not. No, no, I do not. But my friends do, and I love them. Okay, so you might get a purebred lab, right? You get a purebred lab. That lab has to be trained. You got to bring that lab home and you got to train it. You got to, the, the, the lab has to understand, okay, here's what I need to learn. And if you don't train the lab, the lab is just going to be a purebred lab that's out of control, that, that, that doesn't have disciplines. It's the same thing with a hockey player. It's the same thing with a hockey team. You cannot just have young players. You need a mix of players and certainly older players that can help your younger players. And, and it's, and it's, it, it's so many different things. Back to Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan ha- has an ability to just remain even keeled, stay in a, stay in a moment, stay level headed and be able to do the things. And everybody looks at that and goes, well, he's not fussed. Why should I be fussed? But when you don't know, you don't know how you should act. You don't know what you should be doing. So the benefit of having a Sean Monaghan, the benefit of having a Claude Giroux, those players around your younger players, it, 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 it becomes so instrumental in so many different ways. And, and, and again, young players are good and everybody's excited about that. The young players, you got to nurture them. You got you to do the same thing with the young players. They're, and and they're, they're pups. That's what they are. They're really good, and, and they're going to mature into, into really good players. But right now they're pups, and those pups need training. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know if Jack Hughes' father, uh, Luke Hughes' father, and Quinn Hughes' father uh, wants to go into uh, you know uh, development and work for a team. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Hughes parents, uh, Jim Hughes and uh, his wife, Ellen, let me tell you, did they do a good job with their kids or what? Holy jumping. It's unbelievable. Well, Jim and Ellen are really good friends of mine. And I worked with Jimmy with the Toronto Maple Leafs when he was a development coach. And Jimmy does a lot of development work in his current role with uh, CAA and the agency. So, you yeah. know, J- Jimmy's Jimmy's really uh, integral to their operation with respect to helping those young players understand what they need to do to develop, encouraging them, supporting them at different times. It, it, it's really, and Jimmy's ideally suited for that. And, uh, you know, Jimmy and Ellen, you know, watching the boys grow up in Toronto and watching, like, and, 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 they provided those kids opportunity to play. They like, you know, they gave them some guidance and, and, and that was important, but that was talk about the ODR. They had the ODR, the outdoor rink. Those yeah. kids just went and played. And one of the things that, that, that Jimmy and Ellen did was allow the kids to just go out and play and, and, and find their own levels of imagination and creativity on the outdoor rink. We need more of that. We need more people Hallelujah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tony. Yep. So, so I'm giving you a little bit of background. They're absolutely wonderful people. Uh, you know, I feel honored to call them friends, and uh, you, you, they're they're just wonderful people. They're great parents, but they're also understanding about. And I mean, we're talking about a, a trio of, of players in, in Quinn, Jack, and and, and Luke that that are stars in the NHL. Yeah, uh, there's no question about it. But they're even better people. They're even better people. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. Look, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, my boys played soccer growing up, so I spent a lot of time on a soccer field or in the stands watching soccer games, whereas you spent a lot of time on the ice and and, and in the stands and watching hockey games. And I got to tell you, two different sports, but so many programs and so many coaches have coached these kids, and I'm not talking about mine. I'm talking about all of them, to be robotic in their ways. And, and, you know, they, it seems like most of them play the same. And the ones 
who spend a lot of time with a relationship with the ball playing on the street and do not deviate from that and bring their street football to the field. Those are the ones that have something different than the others. Those are the ones that have a special talent and coaches try to change them. But the ones, you know, the, the, the ones that say you're not going to change me, those are the ones that are more special than the others. They, they are. We did. We we did a. We we're doing. Uh, we did some things on goaltenders. And today, Kevin Weeks and myself did a thing on TSN about you, you know the the decline of Canadian goaltending. And and a big part of it is just the, the word you use, robotic. You know, teaching kids technical aspects of the, of the instead of letting them go out. And when you're always teaching technical parts of the game, whether it be football, whether it be skiing, whether it be hockey, you also take the fun out of it for the kids. You take the fun out of it. Like what 10-year-old wants to go learn about technical aspects of football or technical aspects of goaltending or play this way? You know, let them go out and play. Let them go play on the sandlot. Let them go and experiment and, and, and develop their athleticism. We're not allowing that to happen. Back to Jimmy and Ellen, they yeah. they they and and all their friends got to come over and do the same thing. It was it was and, and kids are overcoached at too young an age. Hallelujah. Once again, I, I, I so agree with you. Hey, so what we talked about before when Sean Monaghan last year of his contract uh, and, and how important it is to keep veterans around, David Savard, this is a young Canadian's blue line as well, with the exception of Savard and Matheson, of course. There's a lot of young defensemen there, and there's a lot of young ones uh, that are that are going to be with this team in the next year or so. We, we still haven't talked about... You know, uh, Jack Guy, who's down in Laval. Logan Mayu, who's down in Laval. Uh, Lane Hudson, who's with BU. David Reinbacher, who's with Clotin in, in, in Switzerland. Um, the fact that Gouley played right defense and they've tried Harris at right defense, does this lead you to believe that they're trying to see what they have in the meantime at right defense or who can convert for a possible trade of David Savard before the deadline? Yeah, I don't know if, if trading David Savard ahead of the deadline is the goal here. I mean, David Savard, again, not, I'll go back to the same thing. You got young defensemen there. I mean, Jaden Struble has played exceptionally well. Jordan Harris is still young. Caden Gooley is still young. You know, you start to look at, at the scenario. It goes back to what I said about uh, Tommy Abilene and our young defense in Calgary at the time. You know, I, I don't have any question in my mind. If a team wants to bolster their blue line headed heading into the after the, heading into the playoffs, David Savard to me would be a great addition, and a great addition with respect to uh, you know even with a year left on that contract, I, I don't think the dollars are any problem. What he he's a big, heavy, hard defender, and the playoffs are about being big, hard defending. That's what they're about. So I don't think there would be any any question that lots of teams in my view they should be interested in david savard if you're not in if you're a contender you're not interested in david savard and you need to bolster your blue line tell me why you're not interested in david savard i'd like to hear the answer now that being said you just named four defensemen that are not in in, in the lineup for the montreal Canadiens. not in the lineup we, we you got the six to play tonight and he didn't even mention jonathan kovacevic that's 11 defensemen I can guarantee you this, Tony. 
all 11 of them are not going to play for the for the Montreal Canadiens. Now, there's a timing to that. When's Ryan Bacher ready? You know, Jack has gone down to Laval, and, and, and he's really embraced going down there. Logan Mayhew has really had a really nice season there. Lane Hudson's been great at BU. So what's the timing? And again, you, you can't just thrust all these young defensemen into the lineup. We saw what happened last year with the Montreal Canadiens with all the young defensemen thrust in. So for Kent Hughes... Looking at, okay, where are we at? Who can play in different positions? The more information you have on your own players is the more confidence you have in, 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 in understanding, okay, this player fits here and this is what he can do. And if, if you're going to, like, and other teams might say, we want this defenseman, somebody else might want that defenseman, but the better understanding that you have of your own defenseman and yeah. what they can do in any situation. Now you can say, I need a little bit more if I'm going to make that trade or, okay, that's fair and everything. So all these things about players being able to play in different spots is a positive for the Montreal Canadiens. They also have 22 picks in the next two drafts. 22 picks. So they got 11 defensemen, 22 picks. I've talked about the 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 plethora of yeah. prospects they have in the system. Yeah. It's great to have 22 picks. It's great to have 11 defensemen. It's great to have a lot of good prospects in your forward on your forward shelves in the prospect cupboard. They're not all going to play for the Montreal Canadiens. I can tell you that right now. They all aren't. So the Montreal Canadiens have a wealth, have a wealth of players and draft pick capital that they can use to strengthen the team. But if yeah. you think you're going to go and do it with just young guys, you're going to be the Ottawa Senators redux. As a guy who was a former general manager in the National Hockey League, put on your GM hat for a second here. I want to ask you a question. I'm curious as to, okay, Justin Barron was in the lineup tonight. And, and you know, a couple of games ago, Jonathan or Kovacevic was in the lineup. So then Kovacevic was out at one point, then he's in, then he's out, he's in. And they're going back and forth with Barron, which leads you to believe that of all the defensemen that are here, the ones that are probably lower on the totem pole or on, on the depth chart would be, uh, or not probably not in the plans, are Barron and Kovacevic. And then, of course, there's that David Savard contract, which is up at the end of next year. But at the same time, if those are the guys that you might end up dealing because of a numbers game, if they're not playing, you've now lowered their value. So you're Kent Hughes, you're looking at that, and in, in your world, you'd probably like to play them, but in Marty St. Louis' world, he wants to end up playing the guys that he thinks give them the best chance to win the hockey game on that particular night. Does Kent say to Marty, Marty, look, I'd rather keep Kovacevic and Barron in the lineup because if we're going to trade them, we're, we're going to get less value by sitting them out. Does this conversation take place? Always, always. The coach-manager conversation is is ongoing. It's daily. It, it, it could be numerous times daily. And I, I I don't think that there's any question that Marty understands what, what, what Kent is trying to do from a management point of view and that Kent understands what Marty's trying to do from a playing point of view. And, and it goes back to what you talked about. 
Tony. You're, you're trying to evaluate players in different spots. You're trying to understand what you have. You're trying to understand what they what you're trying to understand first what the value is to your own team. You yeah. can't you you can't until you understand what the value uh, you, you have to what they have to your own team. It's hard to start to establish value outside your own team. So I think that Marty understands okay what they're trying to do. Ken understands okay. Well, we'll take Kovacevic out of the lineup. You know, my apologies. I said Kovacevic. You know, it changes, but Kovacevic is is the uh, is the pronunciation. Uh, so, but but you're working through this. You're working. Who yeah. who knew who knew that Jaden Struble was was ready to be so good? And, but 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 Jaden Struble's 22 years old, and yeah. you know he he's much older. He's much older. Uh, than a rookie defenseman usually is. So I I, I think that when I say they're in lockstep, yeah. like like I don't think Ken's saying, "Hey, just play these guys." I think they're saying, "Okay, let's." I understand what we're trying to do, but I think they're working together, and they're both trying to get to a point where they can fully understand what the value that each of these players brings to their own to, that they each bring to the Montreal Canadiens before they're going to move out and and this is just part and parcel of that process and and there's a paradox there because you're right are you lowering the value maybe not for one game if a player has to sit out for three weeks you might be saying okay what's happened here but I think that the, the way they're doing it right now is, is something that's that that allows them to do that allows them to, to to work towards the ultimate goal of really understanding exactly what they have. Craig will be with us for two more minutes. So in the meantime, I will tell you this. Once Craig leaves us tonight, I'm going to be taking your phone calls at one 585 sick one 585 Jot down the number. Get ready. We're going to take, get to your calls. There's so much to talk about. Craig, in the two minutes, I'm going to ask you this. Joshua Roy playing his third National Hockey League game. He had one shot going into the game tonight. He was averaging over 11 minutes of ice time. Tonight, Joshua Roy scores a goal. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a counterattack. It's a stretch pass by Armia Tarwa, who does the heads-up play and gives it to Sean Monaghan. Monaghan can go for it himself. He has the presence of mind to say, you know what? I think I can pull it off, and the smart play here will be to go to Joshua Roy plus... I know it's the kid, and I know he hasn't scored a goal in the National Hockey League. I want to try and give him one. I have a feeling he's thinking that. He scores a goal. I think Giroir probably could have had three tonight with a little bit of luck because he had some real good shots, some real good scoring chances. You've seen this player. You saw him with Canada at the World Juniors. He surprised everyone when no one thought he was going to be a, a part of that penalty kill, and he was a big part of that penalty kill. Can Joshua Roy, in your opinion, end up being a top six in the National Hockey League? No question in my mind. I have zero question in my mind. I think he's got elite hockey sense. I think he's got skill. And I think that he can be a top-notch, two-way, top-six forward. I watched him all the way back in, 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 in it's U16 now, with Levy Lausanne. That Levy Lausanne team was amazing. He was part of Team Quebec that won the Canada Games. I've watched Joshua Waugh for a long time. And Joshua Waugh is a very talented, gifted player. No question in my mind. And, and I could make the argument that he is amongst the very best prospects they have. And they have a lot of really good prospects. And he's right there with them. I got all the time in the world for Joshua Waugh. A lot of hockey pundits believe or seem to think that the Montreal Canadiens can still use another player or two to enter their top six, that they're stacked on the back end, but they're, they're, they're going to need to go out and get a forward or two. You just said that you believe that Joshua Roy could end up being a top six. 
Would the Canadians need another one going forward? If he's going to be one, would they need one more? Well, they have Cole Caulfield. They have yeah. Nick Suzuki. You have Joshua Waugh. Kirby Dock is hurt. You have Philip Mazar, who do, who made amazing strides this year in Kitchener. He was a prominent player at the World Junior Tournament. I see him being able to do that. You know, we can start to look at other places. And and, and, and yes, and, and let's not forget about you, Rai, who's made some really good strides here. So, you, you, you know, having having more rather than less is always a good thing, Tony. But yeah. you know, keep in mind that that they have a they have a cupboard full of really good prospects, and they have they have and Kirby's hurt, and I don't think Kirby there's any doubt he can be that. Joshua has come up; he might go back to Laval. Who knows? Depending on injury situations, but I think they have. Lots of really good scoring forwards. Scoring counts. You want more rather than less. And I think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to have an opportunity to add more. There's nothing wrong with having scoring yeah. forwards on your third line either. <laughs> no, I, I listen, uh, we're, I'll say goodnight, but you know what I was trying to get at, right? Yeah, I know what you were trying to get at. <laughs> what was I trying to get at? I was trying to see if the Canadians need Trevor Zegras. That's yeah, what I was going to ask you. Can I tell you what? Can they yeah. use Trevor Zegers? Absolutely. Listen, if, if you look at what the Anaheim Ducks have and you look at what the uh, the Montreal Canadiens have in terms of prospects, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere along the line to bolster your team. Trevor Zegers, I don't know if he's available, but if he's available, I can tell you this, Tony. Yeah. I'm phoning Pat Verbeek every day. I'm phoning Pat Verbeek every day to find out what the cost is for Trevor Zegers. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk to him. And I'm going to find out because Trevor Zegers is a difference maker. Hey, you know what? I agree with you. And I have to, t I took so much heat last night because everyone on the YouTube chat, Facebook chat, Twitter chat, they're all saying, stay away, stay away. For whatever reason, Zegers has put up numbers comparable to Caulfield and Suzuki thus far in his young career. Uh, had one bad season, which was this season, went down with an injury, and all of a sudden it's like, don't touch him. He's a dynamic player. I'm making calls. I'm going to see what it takes. Okay, let me just say this. I've watched Trevor for a long time, okay? Let me tell you this about Trevor, too. I, I don't know why people want to get down on players or why they want to get down on Trevor. Trevor not only is a big-time talent, he's a big-time difference maker. Wherever he's played, Wherever he's been in the prominent role and on good teams, he has been a frontline difference maker. Let's not forget who the MVP was at the 2021 World Junior Championship. Yeah, that was Trevor Zegras. Don't tell me you don't want Trevor Zegras. Craig Button, have a great night. I love you, bud. Thank you. Love you, too. Glad to be back with you in 2024. Uh, I'm even gladder. Thank you so much. Thank there you have it. TSN analyst and director of scouting, Craig Button. What a guest. I love this guy. Let's bring up the score sheet if we can. Tonight's hockey game, I'll tell you how it all went down. Here we go. And yellow Sammy Juliana, master control. Bring it up. There we go. Yuri Slavkovsky, 12.46 at the period number one. Cole Caulfield basically bats it out of midair towards Slavkovsky. Boom! Goal. Joshua Roy in period number two. It's Armia to Monaghan. Monaghan waits, he waits, he waits, he waits. He finds Joshua Roy. Bang, bang, play. He taps it home. Two nothing. And then Nick Suzuki, late in period number two, picks up a double minor for high sticking. And in a span of a minute and what was it? In the first minute and 38 seconds of the third period, which actually was, uh, was it two goals in 51 seconds? It was Hughes on the power play. And it was Holtz in the power play. I have to tell you this. 
Luke Hughes's shot went through traffic. Holtz's shot was a laser beam. He's a right-handed shot lined up on the left side, and he just wired it. But Hughes's shot, I I wasn't happy with David Savard's effort or lack thereof to clear Meyer from in front of the net. I, he's got to do better than that. So the Devils tie it at two, and then with 431 left in regulation, it goes Jordan Harris uh, takes a shot. What a great play from Monaghan to get it to Harris, and Harris's shot. Uh, the goalie should have had it, uh, should have held on, but a rebound comes out and Monaghan slides it to Caulfield and he's able to tap it in from just a couple of feet. And with that said, why don't we get to our accent insurance moment of the game? Accent insurance moment of the game. Tonight, we're going to go with a moment of the game and not the turning point of the game and not the game-winning goal of the game, but the moment of the game. It's always a moment of the game, a very historic moment of the game. It's always a moment that every player will always remember and members of their family and their best friends when they score their very first goal in the National Hockey League. Let's not forget, a lot of these guys, they, end up, they start playing this game uh, you know, at four or five years old, they get on skates and they play and they dream to play in the National Hockey League one day. And once they get there, they, you know, they'll always remember their first game and they'll always remember their first goal. Joshua Roy gets his first goal in the National Hockey League, assists go to Armia and Monaghan to give the Montreal Canadiens a 2 nothing lead. Joshua Roy is going to remember that one for a long time. And he's also going to remember that when he scored that goal in Jersey, his team that night won a big game by a score of 3-2. to two. The Accent Insurance Solutions moment of the game, Joshua Roy's first goal in the National Hockey League. It's now time to take your calls. You called. Presented by Playground. Do well. I don't have a timeline on this, but you know what? I could have ended the. Sh- I can end the show in a minute if I want. But you know what? For whatever reason, I-, I feel like going till about eleven o'clock. All right. I feel like going till about eleven o'clock. This is what I want. All right. You, my sick army. You, my sick community. I want you to jump on the phone line right now. I want you to call your friends and say, "My God, what a hockey game that was!" Let's call Marinaro right now. I want you to pick up the phone and call me. I want you to talk to me about. Cole Caulfield. I want you to talk to me about Nick Suzuki, who did not have one of his better games tonight. But you know what? Here's the good news. The Canadians won despite the fact that he didn't have a very good game. I want you to talk to me about Montembeau. What do you think about tomorrow night? Will the Canadians go with Jake Allen in goal in Ottawa, or will they go with Caden Primo in goal in Ottawa tomorrow night? What are your thoughts? What kind of game are we going to see tomorrow night? What, what kind of game do you think we saw tonight? Uh, Caulfield, if you were worried before, are you no longer worried now? Three goals and three assists in his last six games. Third in the National Hockey League for game-winning goals. Third in the National Hockey League for game-winning goals. Where do you stand on Monaghan? Do you keep him here? Trade deadline is Friday, March 8th, if memory serves me well. Is Sean Monaghan going to be a member of the Montreal Canadiens past that 3 p.m. Eastern time deadline or are they going to trade him? What would you do and why? Gooley playing right defense. I thought he struggled tonight, but it's only normal. He's still a young player in the National Hockey League. And then you switch him to right D. But it just it goes to show you how good Jordan Harris is. Maybe better than a lot of us think. Because when Harris plays right D, he does it with ease. And it's a real difficult thing to do to end up playing right D when you're a left-handed shot. Harris makes it look easy, a little bit more difficult for Caden Gooley tonight. 
Sylvain, comment ça va? Oh, it's, uh, doing all, I'm doing all right, Tony. Uh, very nice show. Uh, Mr. Button, uh, you know, just uh, lift me up because he's the, he's the expert and uh, I'm getting crazy about Zegris. We've talked about this one and uh, man, uh, Tony, uh, this is, well, I really want this to be happening. I mean, I would go and trade Goulet for Zegris. That's my maximum I would go. Whoa, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. You know what a lot of people say? A lot of people say that, and, and my buddy Max LaPierre, who's also a regular collaborator on the SIG podcast after Canadians games on Tuesday night, Max LaPierre yep. tweeted out earlier tonight, he said, for those of you who are talking about a potential trade of Zegris for Goulet, Goulet's the type of player that in a big playoff game, will shut down a guy like Zegras. But then again, you heard Pierre Maguire yesterday who said he knows Trevor Zegras like the back of his hand. And Pierre said, yeah. would I be interested? Yes. Would I place the phone call? Yes. But I wouldn't go overboard in what I'm giving up. I wouldn't give up the farm. It leads me to believe that he would not give up a ghoulie for Zegras. You heard Craig Button tonight. He says he knows yeah, Trevor Zegras like the back of his hand. And he believes that Trevor Zegers is not only a very good hockey player, he believes he's a difference maker. And he would call Pat Verbeek every single day about Zegers. So many different opinions. Well, uh, I'd manage another uh, trade. This is the maximum I would go. Yeah. For, you know, a, a future, uh, future D. I mean, they have D, so they, they're not looking for D. I would go and give, uh, I don't know, if they want to have a kid in Primo, I'd give him. I'd give New Hook. And I'd give him the, the first choice of Calgary next year, uh, this year. So that would be a nice, I want Zegras. I mean, it's about time that we as fans, you know, get a, a, a Kovalev. We talk about a style of Kovalev, a magician with the, the puck. Imagine with Roy, with Juan and all the other players that we have. We're going to be jam-packed for offense, jam-packed in defense. Why not? We're going to have, they're constructing a team that we're going to have like a, not a, a, a dynasty, but something very nice for the next five to eight years. We're going to go crazy, Tony. It's going to be nice. Yeah, look, I wouldn't give up a first-round pick if you're going to end up going for Zegras in a package. But I have to tell you something, and this is something that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And I don't know this for a fact, but I mean, based on the data that we have, the facts are the facts. The composition of the Canadians right now Take a look at how many players they have that are former first-round draft picks, whether their team, whether another team drafted them in the first round or the Canadians drafted them in the first round. And I'm going off the top of my head here, so I could be wrong, okay? But I believe it's Slavkovsky, obviously, first overall by the Canadians. Doc, third overall by Chicago. Suzuki, 13th overall by Vegas. Caulfield, 15th overall by the Habs. Newhook, I think 16th overall by Colorado. I believe Barron was 25th overall by Colorado. I think Matheson was 24th overall by Florida. Um... Who else is there that I'm I'm forgetting here? But anyway, uh, there, there's there's Byron? No. there's there's uh, part of me. Baron, Baron, I mentioned twenty fifth overall. 
So there's 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 a lot of players that the Canadians have who are first round picks, whether they were drafted by the Canadians or they were drafted by another team. And let's not forget, Zegris is a former first round pick drafted ninth overall. And by the way, today I put together some stats, okay? I put together some stats. And it's funny that there are a lot of people who disregard Zegris to Montreal. Ah, he's no whatever. He's no good, but Caulfield's great. Suzuki's great. Well, Zegris entered the National Hockey League at 19 years old. So did Caulfield. Suzuki entered at 20. Zegris put up 13 points in 24 games. More than a point every other game. Caulfield put up five points in 10 games. He put up a point every other game. And once again, Suzuki broke in at 20. When Suzuki broke in at 20 years old, his first season was 41 points in 71 games. It's very good. Caulfield at 20 years old had 43 points in 67 games. Even the better. Was better the, the, the first two. Zegris had 61 points in 75 games. The year after that, he had 65. Now, unfortunately for Zegris, He's having a very bad year this year, and now he got hurt, okay? But are, yeah. are is everyone just going to say no to Zegris because he had a very bad – he was having a very bad year this year? Because if that's your logic, I will remind you that at one point, Cole Caulfield had scored one goal in 30 games here under Dominic yeah. Ducharme, oh. and then all of a sudden, a coaching change – and Caulfield is on pace to score 46 under Marty St. Louis. And then once again, uh, he started hot this year and then he got cold and now he's hot again. And so maybe Marty St. Louis can do for Zegris what Marty St. Louis did for Caulfield the second he got his hands on him. Now, once well, again, the reason I'm why not... Zegris is as he's asking for, it's, it, you know, people are saying, why do, and I'm, don't want Zegers anymore. It's it's on both sides. He's asking to, he's asking out. And, uh, <laughs> well, not saying uh, the people exactly, but he would love to play for Martin St. Louis. That's you know, sure. Listen, Sylvain, I'm going to tell you something. This whole thing of why does Anaheim not want Zegers anymore? Okay, sometimes teams no longer want a player, Okay. And maybe they have intel, and maybe they're right for not wanting that player. But you know what? Not every team that doesn't want a player gets it right. I mean, Marty St. Louis was undrafted. Nobody wanted him, right? And then he was put on waivers, and then you know ultimately Tampa took him. But we see this all the time. How many trades did the Canadians make that ended up being good trades? Okay, so, all right. Calgary didn't want Monaghan anymore. He's a good player. Right? Yeah, I mean, first, he, round pick, first round pick to Monaghan and uh, Armia, by, by the way. So Now, now we, we know why they didn't want They thought he was injury prone. They thought he was making a lot of money and all that stuff. But, you know, there there's, there's a lot of teams that don't want players, and they end up being wrong. Now, once again, sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. I know this. I know this. The last Montreal Canadian forward that pulled me out of my seat with his shiftiness, his quick hands, his 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 his, his uh, stick handling ability, 
the fact that he would improv and he would he would he would not be a structured player he would not be a tactical player and he would he would he would play the game of hockey like it was a game of pond hockey and it might drive coaches crazy but fans love it it was kovalev it was kovalev yeah, Martin St. Louis is always saying give me my part i'll give you yours so meet me halfway if That's he it. does that with zigris we would have a one point per game player he would bring up uh, suzuki and Kofield and yeah. doc and slavkovsky we would have and roy what i mean i'm that's what. That's the kind of a team that I want, uh, and you, you want that. You prefer a five-four game than a two-one game. Oh, see, of course, I do. Now, now, oh. some people will tell you that you, you know to win the cup in the playoffs, you have to win with the two-one game. I got it. Let's get to the playoffs first, and then we'll talk about how we can win. Jeff Bolson reconstruction. On va pas dévier du plan. Il faut être patient. On va laisser aller it. les choses. On va voir. C'est parfait. It's, it's, it's music to my ears. Basically, he said, hey, we're not going to deviate from the plan. We're, we're doing a rebuild. We're going to do it the right way. Okay, perfect. I agree with all that. Je vais dire une autre chose, par exemple. Au Centre Bell, s'il y a certains matchs cette année qui ont des sièges vides, il y a des sièges vides, okay? Ça, je suis sûr, ça ne fait pas plaisir à Jeff Molson. Donc, qu'est-ce que tu peux faire? Durant la reconstruction, si tu peux mettre un gars qui, qui, qui peut manier la rondelle comme un Zigris, un gars qui fait de la magie, là, un gars qui marque des Michigan. Là, okay? Ça, oh, ça va oh, faire oh. plaisir à la foule, un foule que tu demandes d'être patient encore pendant quelques années. Uh, a fan base that you're going to ask still to be patient for a couple of years. You know what? They would love to see a guy like that. They will. Now, once again, once again, please hear me out. I don't want anyone to go on social media to say, Tony Marinaro is crazy. He's willing to give up anything for Zigris. Anything, No. <laughs> But I'm finding out what it's going to take. I'm placing the phone calls because, you know what? If I think it's worth it, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm pulling the trigger. Mm. Sylvain. Imagine, imagine Zegris in Montreal. Oh, my goodness. Hey, thank you, Tony, uh, to hear me tonight again. And, hey, uh, Sylvain. C'est moi qui remercie. Love our flavor Québécois. Very nice to hear you. Merci beaucoup, Sylvain. C'est très apprécié. Merci. Uh, always like talking to Sylvain. Seems like uh, a gentleman. Uh, great show with the return of Portugal. After the holidays, this podcast is now sicker than ever, says uh, Stéphane in Quebec City. I tried while I was in Portugal. What can I tell you? I didn't quite have the background and uh, didn't quite have the stable uh, internet and Wi-Fi and stuff like that. But you know what? I tried. All right. Okay. Um Tony, who are your five untouchables on this team, including prospects, if you have to make a list? My five untouchables on this team. Okay. Suzuki is one. Caulfield is another. Slavkowski is another. That's three. Um, Mayu is four. Hudson is five. Those are my five untouchables. But there could be others, though. There could be others. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five and yellow Sammy. Uh, you know, we we heard uh we heard Pierre Maguire talking about Jacob Fowler. He believes that Jacob Fowler is gonna be a very, very good goaltender in the National Hockey League. So you asked me to name another, I can tell you, you know what? I'd rather not trade Jacob Fowler. I'd rather not trade Kirby Doc either. But you know, once again, it all depends. What are we talking about here? Huh? Justin. Justin, what's going on? Justin, are you there? Going once, 
going twice. He was just in, and now he is just out. Let's go back to the phone lines at one 585 Unfortunately, it appears like Justin is no longer there. Where are we going exactly? Hello? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hey, Tony. It's Justin. How oh, are it's you? Justin. Yeah, it takes you a little bit longer than uh, than others, I guess. Yeah. We, yeah, I guess so. We figured yeah. it out, so How are you, Tony? Very, very good. How about you? Great. You know what? Tonight was honestly uh, a good game altogether. I was, I was really, uh, I was really satisfied. Like, you know, uh, Josh was getting that first goal. That was awesome. Slav, Slav's figuring it out. We, uh, I listen to your podcast pretty often, so I'm honestly uh, really happy with where that's trending. The one thing that I wanted to talk about, and you know what? Let's put Josh Wood to the side for a second. You know, I'm happy for him. But at the end of the day, I, a couple of days ago, I heard you talking about, you know, Caulfield needs to get, start getting to those dirty areas. And, uh, and I don't know about you, Tony, but on that wasn't the prettiest of goals. We know that. But he got to the dirty areas. He and did. now we're starting to see his, uh, his, potential, his potential outlook for, uh, for goals this season boost up. And I think that if he plays a little bit more confident, a little bit you know, stronger on his skates and decides to, to, go, to, go where, uh, to go to the front of the net there, I think we're going to see a lot more goals uh, down the stretch here. And I think we're going to see him pick up pretty quickly. Um, that, that's, 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 that's a real strong opinion by you tonight. That's a good one because you're right. Uh, Cole Caulfield went to an area tonight, which is you get your nose dirty there. And when you go to that area, you know what could happen? You could end up getting slashed in the ankle. You could end up getting slashed in the back of the leg. You could end up taking a cross check to the back of the neck. You could end up taking a cross check to the face sometimes. You could end up getting slapped in the face. You can end up getting a face wash. You can end up getting all of that. It's not pleasant to be there. He decided to go there. And you know what? See, this guy was born with a gift. Guys that score goals, they have a gift. There's a reason why usually they make a lot of money and a lot more money compared to 90% of the other athletes in the world are the ones who score goals because scoring goals is the hardest thing to do in your particular sport. It's the hardest thing to do. Goal scores, the puck usually follows them around or they end up going to where the puck is going to be. So Caulfield goes to an area where he thinks the puck is going to be and once that puck is there, his hands are faster to put it in than anyone else's hands are there to break up the play and clear it out. Good for him. That's exactly it, Tony. And you know what? At the end of the day, if he ends up putting up 30, 35 goals this year, no one's looking back on the game against New Jersey and saying, hey, look at the way he put that puck in. No, 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 no. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stat. It's a stat that people rely heavily yeah. on, and no one's going to be you know, talking about how he scored. And, okay. Uh, last thing and, I was- and I want to bring up something. I want to bring up something. Okay. I know that Arbor Jack guy is a fan favorite. Okay. I love the guy too. All right. I, I, I love him. I love everything he's all about. Okay. At one point I said that it was hard for Jack guy to get in the lineup because the way Struble was playing, Struble was playing better than Jack guy played. And, and you know, that upset some people because their interpretation was, I, I don't like Jack guy because I'm saying how well Struble was playing, you know, I like Jack guy and, and I've watched him in the American hockey league and he's a national hockey league defenseman. He can play in the national hockey league. And if he would step in and play tomorrow night in Ottawa for the Canadian, he would not look out of place. But I want to say this for those whose argument is that they absolutely need the sheriff because they're going to get beat up and this and that and whatever. How many times did it happen this year 
that you said, oh man, I wish Jack guy was in line. There was a there was a game where they got roughed up a little bit in Buffalo. Remember that? Got roughed up a little bit. I believe it was in Buffalo. I could be wrong. Was it in Buffalo? I or was so, yeah. it or was in Pittsburgh? I think it was in Buffalo. You got roughed up a little bit. Okay. But that whole thing that Jack guy needs to look, I'm convinced that Caulfield would 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 feel like he's an inch or two taller with Jack guy in the lineup. Yes. But he's got three goals and three assists in his last four games. Jack guy's not there. Are they getting beat up? Is Suzuki getting beat up? Is Caulfield getting beat up? Is Slavkovsky getting beat up? I just I have a feeling that when people talk about this, they think the National Hockey League in 2024 is played the same way it was played in 1984 or 1974. The game has evolved, folks. It's not the same. The onus in the National Hockey League now is on youth, speed, skill, and a lot less on hitting, physicality, rough stuff, intimidation, fighting. It's not the same, folks. It's nowhere close. Nowhere close. Thank you, Justin, for your phone call. Said what I had to say. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Justin sounds like a good man to me. Are we going to end this thing here? Because it time flies when you're having fun. It's already 11 o'clock. One more call. Sammy says one more call. I'm going to give you one more call. Sal. Sal, are you there? Sal, are you there? Sal is gone. We had Sal. He's gone. Now we have Tony from La Salle. I'm still here, but I will be gone pretty soon. What I will, uh, what I do want to do is uh, once again do this. I want to thank Energy Transportation Group for being a partner in this venture, in the Sick Podcast with Marinero, Talking Habs, Monday to Friday at 10 p.m. We are your one-stop shop for Montreal Canadiens hockey talk. Our collaborators are in no particular order, Eric Engels, Maxim Lapierre, Mike Johnson, Craig Button, Grant McCagg, Simo the Snake Boisvert, Georges Larac, Philippe Boucher, Nicolas Cloutier. The list goes on and on. Pierre Maguire. We've had Mapper. We've had the Charles-Alexis Brisebois. We've had some big-time guests and collaborators. I hope you're enjoying the Habstock. We strive to give you the best Montreal Canadiens talk with the best Montreal Canadiens collaborators in the world. This is what we're striving for. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We want to thank, once again, Energy Transportation Group for being our partner in this venture. We want to thank Accent Insurance Solutions for being our partner in this venture. We want to thank La Beta TB for being a partner in this venture. And we want to thank Playground for being a partner in this venture. The Montreal Canadiens, on goals by Yuri Slavkovsky, Joshua Roy's first goal in the National Hockey League, and Cole Caulfield, 
who ends up scoring the game-winning goal with about four and a half minutes left in regulation, leave New Jersey with a 3-2 win. Samuel Montembeau picks up the win. The Montreal Canadiens will travel to Ottawa, where they visit the Senators and Jacques Martin tomorrow night in the nation's capital. We'll be back tomorrow night to bring you the Sick Podcast again with Marinero. If you liked it, like it, share it with your friends, comment Sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's my way of feeling your love, and you know I love you. To you, my Sick Army. To you, my Sick Community. Thank you so much. Tell your friends about it. The more, the merrier. That's what we want. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.